Welcome into Running for the Roses. I'm Ryan Baffalukas, joined by Lucas Rohde. Uh, Lucas, you got a big smile on your face. It's week zero, my friend. We made it. We're through conference previews. We're through realignment. We're through NIL. We have actual football games to talk about. We get a little appetizer this week, a couple intriguing Power 5 teams. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, how are you, my friend? You, you, you seem pretty excited. I'm very, very excited. Um, I, I think I told you at the beginning of conference previews, I was excited to do those because it was nice to actually talk about teams and schedules yeah. and everything like this. And, and now we actually get to see it. We actually get to talk about, um, especially here, we'll be doing our locks, the teams that hey, we're very high on or higher than everybody else. And, teams, and, and then there'll be some teams that we're a little bit lower on. But just the fact that it's here, it's game week for, I believe, 14 FBS programs. And next week, we'll actually have some games break down. Nothing of probably any significance, at least that we think. But um, just once again, it's just going to be so nice. Uh, I don't even give a crap. I, we were talking about this before. We love how Week Zero is just like this smorgasbord of like the most random teams. That, But this is their time, you know, like New Mexico State and UMass. This is their time to have like a primetime game on CBS Sports Network that a bunch of people tune in because it's the only thing on. Um it's just great. It's a great appetizer, and then it's even better because week one starts next Thursday. So you only have four days really to wait to watch a lot more college football. So yeah, I am very, very jacked. I wish it felt like more like football season. It's about 100 degrees in Nashville this week, so uh, one last batch of summer. But just really, really excited uh, to finally have some games on the docket. Lucas, you mentioned UMass New Mexico. That game is prime time on ESPN. On oh, Saturday. okay. That is because I saw a tweet this morning that said, if you want to watch UMass New Mexico, it's on ESPN on Saturday. But USC, who has the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and is the, like a top 10 team in the country, is playing on Pac-12 Networks. We'll get to their game against San Jose State. It's, it's yeah. Well, just you know what the weird thing is going to be. Not to bring up next year, but you're going to have USC playing like San Jose State at like 930 on Big Ten Network. Or something like that. But um, yeah. but no, that's amazing. I thought they'd be on like CBS Sports Network. But the fact they're on ABC and I can be out at a bar and probably if I'm that big of a degenerate, I'm live betting UMass and uh, New Mexico <laughs> State because it's the only game that's on. But um, yeah. no, that's fantastic. Um, I, I did think it was funny. I think I saw a tweet. It was like, there are six watchable games this weekend, and they were basically excluding uh, USC <laughs> and uh, San Jose State because still nobody has the Pac-12 network, and probably nobody will. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunate. Can't watch Caleb Williams um, on most services, but uh, at least they're playing San Jose State where they're, I think they're like a 30-and-a-half-point favorite, so it probably won't mean much anyways. Yeah, real yeah, real quick for those wondering why is USC on Pac-12 Network? Uh, the Pac-12 there's a minimum number of games you have to play on the network. I think it's the equivalent of your non-conference home games. I think USC has, has to play on the Pac-12 Network at least two times this year. You get one out of the way that way when USC is playing conference games, they can all be on you know, Fox, FS1, ESPN, whatever it is. So, all right, Lucas and I are going to start off this week's pod by doing our best bets of the season, our locks, college football bets that we have made. It could be win totals. It could be conference championship. I have a national championship pick Ooh. that I, I will give out on the pod. Um, 
We will talk about some 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 bets that we have placed or bets that we really like. Then we'll do a little week zero preview, and then we'll do a bet each for week zero. Like Lucas said, we got about six games on Saturday, August 26th. Uh, Notre Dame Navy, kind of the highlight on NBC. Uh, UMass, New Mexico State, Vanderbilt, Hawaii, San Jose State, USC, among some of the games that we'll touch on a little bit later. All right. Um, Lucas, I will let you go first. The floor is yours. We're going to do our kind of our best bets of the college football season. These are season-long bets, so it's not a, uh, you know, Lucas already bet the Ohio State to cover, you know, Michigan in November kind of a thing, or week one lines. We'll get to those next week. This is like a season win total over under, you know, a team to make the playoff, a team to make the national championship, stuff like that. So, Lucas, why don't you, um, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so um, I'm going to start off with uh, with an over-under. Uh, probably my win total I might feel the most confident about. And, and just FYI, all these lines that I believe both of us got us off are off of FanDuel. So yep. they may have changed, or you might be able to find better, but we did get these off FanDuel. Um, not to do a plug, a free ad. That's just where we decided to get them. But I am going starting in the ACC. I'm starting with the coach that I kind of have semi of a man crush on, and that is going to be Jeff Brom in the Louisville Cardinals. Their current over-under is eight and a half. Um, I actually bet this at plus 132, and I think a big thing is, one, they won seven games last season under coach uh, Scott Satterfield. I think Brom is a coaching upgrade over Scott Satterfield. I can't I can't say it enough how good of a job I thought he did at Purdue. They were a, a doormat. People were wondering if you could ever win again at Purdue. And all he did was take them to bowl games in four of his six seasons. And last year they were playing for a Big Ten title. And I just think he is going to bring so much. I love the guys they brought in. Jake Plummer, um, who used to play for him at Purdue, had a nice season at Cal. He comes in. Um, you know, some of the transfer wins. But I think the biggest thing with with uh, Louisville that I think benefits them the most is their schedule. So the ACC is not going to have divisions this year for the first time. And this benefits Louisville because they do not have to play Florida State or Clemson this year, which they had to do on a yearly basis uh, uh, when they were in the ACC Atlantic. And you you look at their non-conference games. Yes, they do have to play three Power Five teams, or uh, two Power 5 teams, excuse me, uh, or no, three, actually, uh, Indiana, Notre Dame, Dame, and Kentucky. Um, But you look at the rest of that ACC schedule, it is really, or is very, very manageable. Um, Yes, they do have to go on the road at Miami, but I think if they win just a couple of their toss-up games, this should be a 9-3 and team, and a team that potentially is competing at one of the top spots potentially in the ACC. Um, so Louisville plus or uh, Louisville eight and a half. I am taking the over on that. Yeah, we're fighting for the first time. Ooh. I'm, I'm on the under. I'm on the under. I bet this a while ago. Um, I probably got worse odds than you. Uh, I think I got like a minus one seventy number at FanDuel. Um, I believe in Jeff Braun. I think he's a good coach. I'm not sure he's a massive coaching upgrade over Scott Satterfield. I certainly think he's a coaching upgrade over Scott Satterfield. This is more so me not banking on a new coach in the ACC to win nine games. 
Um, I look at the schedule. I think two and two in the non-conference is certainly doable, right? I mean, your non-conference is Murray State, Indiana, in Indianapolis, home Notre Dame, home Kentucky. Uh, I like Kentucky this year. I think Notre Dame could be tricky. Well, that's in the middle of the season on October 7th. You know, at NC State, at Pitt, at Miami. Um, you know, I certainly think, as you said, the ACC schedule, it does set up fairly nice for them, right? You don't get Florida State. You don't get North Carolina. You don't get Clemson. Um, you get Duke at home, who won nine games last year. You get Virginia Tech at Virginia at home. I think 8-4 and four or 7-5, and five, very realistic. This is just me more so kind of playing the odds of, like, do I think Louisville is one of the four or five best teams in the league? Because I don't know how many nine-win teams the ACC is going to get. I think Clemson, I think Florida State, I think North Carolina, Miami might be improved this year. Um, Wake Forest is always tricky. NC State is, is I think, due for an upgrade, bringing in guys like Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong. So I think eight and four, seven and five. Um, I'm on the under eight and a half for Louisville. Interesting. And, and it could be because I think the biggest concern we've had with the ACC in trying to pick these teams is Obviously, the two best teams are Florida State and Clemson. They both could win 11, 10, 11 games. And then the next tier could all, the most in the next tier could be like eight wins because they all just beat up on each other. So I can definitely see, but I am a I am a Jeff Brom guy. And I think if they were able to win seven games last year with kind of that divisional schedule, I think nine wins is doable. But we shall yeah. see. This will be a fun one to uh, project uh, throughout the year. It's be a good one. All right, my first one that I will give out here is one another one that I bet early. So this number might have changed. I'm on the over six and a half wins for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, this is more so me having, kind of like you said, trusting a coach um, and having faith in them to right the ship. I know you're a vibes guy. Talk about the vibe at Oklahoma State not being great really since COVID. But this was a team that was basically like a yard away from being in the playoff two years ago. And I know Spencer Sanders is gone, and I know some of their top players from that team are gone. They went 7-6 and six last year, 4-5 and five in conference. But kind of like Louisville, I look at the schedule. The non-conference is Central Arkansas at Arizona State and South Alabama. I think there's a really good chance you go 3-0. Oh. Mm-hmm. At Arizona State, South Alabama is no slouch, but I, I think 3-0 and oh is, is attainable. You know, these are your road games in the Big 12. You play Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, and Houston. You don't play Texas. You don't play Texas Tech. You don't play Baylor. You get Kansas State and Oklahoma at home. I look at the schedule, and I, I think 7-5 and five is, is really, really doable. Now, you got to improve offensively. you got to really get better defensively, where you have a new coordinator. You were 115th last year in total defense. But – you know, I just think, you know, we talked about the Big 12 and the new members in this conference, how we're not high on a ton of the new members. Oklahoma State plays every new member in this league. They host Cincinnati. They host BYU. They go at UCF and at Houston. Like, I, I think there are wins to be had on this schedule. I like not getting Texas. I like not getting Baylor or Texas Tech. So give me the over six and a half. I think Mike Gundy can ride the ship and get to seven or eight wins for the Cowboys. I don't hate it. Like you said, I am a vibes guy. I don't love the vibes there. I don't even particularly love the, the roster. And that was one I was thinking about, but you said it perfectly. That schedule just fit. There's And the fact that Mike Gundy, 
I believe has gone has won at least like seven games in just about every year. Last year was the first year they didn't win. I think seven plus uh, in some time. Uh, Correct. To me, that's just a really hard to bet the under that they won't be able to figure it out. Because you mentioned those bottom, the new the new four teams. I think will be great additions in the next few years. But the only I, I'm not high on really any of them. I think with UCF might be the one where I have the highest expectations, and that's to win like six to seven games. Um, so sticking in that conference, actually one of those four teams, I actually did bet the under. Um, and I actually took uh, Houston under four and a half. Um, I just, we talked about vibes. They had a ton of people transfer out. Um, they lost, I believe, their, their number one uh, uh, quarterback. Uh, Dell um, is gone off to the NFL, um, who is an All-American wide receiver. And their defense was putrid last year, too. It went from like 19th to 112th, and I just think this is going to be a really, really big jump. Last year was such a disappointing season. Dana Holgerson feels like like he is on the hot seat for this season. Um, and you look at their you look at their schedule with with UTSA to start off. That's not going to be an easy game. I would probably have UTSA potentially favored. Um, they got to play, and then uh, they've got uh, TCU at Texas Tech are their first two Big 12 games. Um, before they do have a buy, and if potentially if they're sitting at two and three, something like that, I just I don't love this team. I don't see them really getting close to a bowl game, um, and because of their losses and the amount of players that they had transferring out after this season, um, I'm that is why I am sitting under four and a half for the Houston Cougars. I like it. There's a game. It's Thursday, October twelfth. Sixth game of the season for Houston. They host West Virginia. That very easily could be a loser-leave-home yep. game for the coaches. Neil Brown, uh, Dana Holgerson, the coaches probably on the hottest seat in this league. The loser might not see uh, another game. You have that. You would have an, uh, a longer week to potentially uh, work in a new coach. So, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the schedule. Um, you know, you have Texas at Kansas State at Baylor. Uh, to end October and to start November. You mentioned UTSA, really, really good G5 team. First two conference games, TCU at Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not going to bet this, but I like it. Uh, I, I, I think under four and a half is uh, certainly feasible for Houston. First year in the Big 12. We'll see how those new Big 12 teams do as well. A lot of low numbers mm-hmm. at the bottom of that conference. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take us to the Big 10. I'm going to take us to Lucas's favorite division. I'm going to take us to the Big 10 West. And I'm going to take an under. I'm going to take under seven and a half wins for the Minnesota Golden Gophers and P.J. Fleck. Um, this is a scheduled uh, under for me. Um, the non-conference, you go at North Carolina. You also draw Michigan and Ohio State from the east. Uh, you open on a Thursday at home against Nebraska. I think you're in danger of losing that one. I just look at this team. They were 8-4 and four last year in the regular season. You lose Tanner Morgan. You lose Mo Ibrahim. Um, but besides that, I mean, if you go 2-1 and one in the in conference, you have to go 6-3 and three uh-huh. in, the, in the Big Ten to hit this over. And two of your losses are probably going to be Ohio State and Michigan. So that means you, you, know, you probably have to beat 
Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, probably have to win at least two of those games. Like, I just think there are it's too much of a it's too much of an uphill battle uh, with this schedule. I don't see eight wins on it. I think seven and five, six and six is more likely. You do get Chris Ottman Bell back. I like their tight end Brevin Spanford. Um, this was a this was a defense that is always really good. Mm-hmm. It was ninth in total defense last year. Um, but I, I just think Wisconsin's going to be a lot better in this division. I think Illinois is a threat to you know win seven or eight or nine games this year. Iowa's always up there as well. So um, I think if you finish fourth in your division, I don't know how you win eight games. So give me the under seven and a half for Minnesota. Yeah, I do not hate that. I am not betting that, um, but I was pretty close to you because I agree with you, especially with the schedule. Um, when you look at it, you know, like you said, Michigan – you know, at Ohio State, and even at Iowa, one, P.J. Fleck has not beaten Iowa ever since yeah. he has been the head coach there. They have also not won in Iowa City since 1999, um, which is nuts considering that is a that is a series that has been played annually for, like, the last 100-plus years. So, yeah, I agree. And with, like you mentioned, we, we like Illinois, obviously Wisconsin. So, yeah, I can't disagree with you. And, and speaking of one of those teams, I actually have it over in the Big Ten West. Um, and that, no surprise. Um, so we were kind of just crapping on my least favorite college football team. And now I'm going to uh-huh. praise my favorite football team. So I am going over eight and a half for Wisconsin. I did not even really think about this one too much. I just, the way their yeah. schedule fits up, I think it's a perfect schedule for Luke Fickle to come in to their first year. Uh, they dodge. They don't get Michigan, Penn State. They do get Ohio State, but it's at home. Meanwhile, you do have Minnesota, but you get Iowa at home, uh, and then your toughest non-con is at Washington State, which I think they'll. They, I think they're already favored um, in that game. And look, I, I'm high in Wisconsin. I think they elevated uh, the, the the talent over on on the offensive side of the ball with Tanner Mordecai coming in with. Um, you know, the four transfers, I think, um, you know, uh, Dave Rebson from Big Ten Network, um, they were doing their, you know, their their training camp, like specials, and he said this is by far the best wide receiving unit they have had in the 17 years that they've been covering them on Big Ten Network, and I think it's one of the top units in the Big Ten, and I think their defense is still going to be really dang good. So, uh, to me, if they go 8-4 and four on this schedule, I think that's a really, really disappointing year. I think Nine and three, heck, I think ten and two for me is the most likely outcome. So over eight and a half for Wisconsin. I hated myself for doing this because I think I've picked the over up for Wisconsin the last two years, and yeah. they've not come close the last two years from hitting it. So um, but I feel I feel pretty darn good with, with this schedule at eight and a half. Yeah, you have experience at quarterback with Tanner Mordecai, 72 touchdowns in the last two seasons over at SMU. Braylon Allen is back. Um, And like you said, the schedule sets up decently favorable, right? You get Rutgers and Indiana from the east. You get Iowa at home. uh, You get Nebraska at home. The road schedule, I think, is pretty favorable. Again, Big Ten West teams will only play four road games in conference this year, Purdue, Illinois, at Indiana, at Minnesota to end the season. Um, I think nine and three. I picked Wisconsin to win the to win the Big Ten West. So I, I, I think nine or, or, or ten wins. And, and listen, Luke Fickle is a heck of a coach. I mean, he is he is one of the best coaches in America. What he's done with Cincinnati, building that program up, 
getting them to a college football playoff, getting them to be really the elite group of five team over the last handful of years. And he inherits a good spot at Wisconsin. I think he inherits a pretty good roster. Uh, I think, and like you said, really good receiving core. A couple transfers expected to play some some heavy minutes for them. So I like it. Um, I I, uh, I like it. I will never doubt a uh, a hometown bet from Mr. Lucas Rohde. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away a little bit from the over unders. I am I have a conference championship bet. Ooh. It's not one that's gonna go out on any sort of a on a limb. I'm taking USC to win the Pac-12. At plus 200. Uh, it is the official bet is Pac 12 Conference Championship game winner. USC is plus 200 on FanDuel right now. Oregon is plus 320. Washington plus 340. Utah plus 550. Um, Lucas, I'm very high on USC. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, I, I just look at this roster. I look at how well they played in year one under Lincoln Riley. They went um, 11 and 1. I'm sorry, they went 10 and 2 in the regular season. But you have Caleb Williams back. You you add Dorian Singer. You add Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. And to me, I think the biggest change will be the defensive transfers. I think when you mm-hmm. look at this defense, um, it needs to get better, certainly, right? You look at this defense last year, 94th in scoring defense, 106th in total defense. You know, you add Bear Alexander from Georgia. You add Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M. You add Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona. You add um, the middle linebacker Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. Like, I'm really high on USC. I think the schedule will the <laughs> I think the schedule is is pretty favorable. Non conference: San Jose State, Nevada at home, at Notre Dame. You get Utah at home. You get UCLA at home. You get Washington at home. I think this is going to be a one loss team, and I think they're going to win the Pac-12. So. It's only plus two hundred. It's the shortest odds of any team in the league. I'm not going out on. I'm not having a, a TCU conference champion bet like you had last year. Um, but give me USC to win the Pac-12. Whew. I, I can't disagree with you. They were my pick. Uh, I believe in our Pac-12 preview over UCLA for a lot of the things you did. I, I I think that defense will be improved. I think Alex Grinch is a good defensive coordinator. He's been pretty good. Whether that was at Washington State. Even at Oklahoma, those defenses, I believe, even got to top 30 in total defense uh, towards the end of of Lincoln Riley's tenure. And you mentioned, yeah, a good amount of those transfers. And and look, I don't want to say it's on autopilot, but that offense is probably going to score still no matter what. It might be even better. You get Caleb Williams coming back for one year. He should be even more improved. You return... um, uh, a good chunk of that wide receiving core while you add Dorian Singer. So I am with you completely. I would bet that one as well. Um, and I will follow your lead. I actually do have a conference champion bet too um, to change things up a little bit. I'm going back to the Big Ten and going with my predicted Big Ten champion, and I am going with Penn State. Um, you get at FanDuel, I believe, at plus 600 right now. I just think this team is built really, really well. I do worry maybe a little bit if they do have some injuries, but James Franklin has continued to recruit extremely well. This was a 10-win team last year that I feel like nobody really really was talking about They kind of, because they had lost to Iowa State and to Michigan. Um, but I think with their team, I think Jewel R can be a potential program-raising quarterback there. And... Um, you know, they're, they have arguably one of the best running back tandems in the country with, with uh, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. 
We talked this might be the best offensive line that they've had since uh, James Franklin has gotten there. And that defense, I think, is going to be filthy with guys like Abdul Carter, Chop Robinson, Kalen King on the back end. Um, and this is also the first time, uh, I think, in I think it's the first time in like five or six years that James Franklin has had both of his coordinators back for consecutive seasons. So I think that stability will really, really help them to continue to excel. So that's why I'm so high on Penn State, and I think they will win the Big Ten this year. So I will bet that at plus 600. Yeah, so agree with you. I'm not sure I agree with you that they're going to win the Big Ten. I have Michigan over Wisconsin. But uh, one of the predictions, one of the bets that I was going to bring up on the show is Penn State over 9.5. And, um, and I that is one of mine. It's on my card. I like Penn State this year. This was a team that was 11-2 and last year. They were 11-0 and against teams not named Michigan and Ohio State. And I think they have a really good chance to split Michigan and, and Ohio State. Right, you do get the uh, you get the Wolverines at home. Uh, the three crossover games against the West will, is Iowa at home, at Northwestern, at Illinois. The Illinois game is Week Three, which I feel like benefits Penn State a little bit. Um, that team, uh, the Fighting Illini, lose a lot from the secondary. They lose Chase Brown. You have you're working in a new quarterback. Um, I think Penn State's just going to feast on this schedule. The non-conference is West Virginia. Uh, who I think we're both not too high on this year, Delaware and UMass. You get, you know, Michigan at home. You get Iowa at home. At Ohio State, at Maryland, you get Michigan State in Detroit. The Big Ten moved that game a couple months ago to Detroit, not East Lansing. I think that's um, a favorable um, draw for Penn State as far as their road schedule goes. And listen, if you lose to Michigan and Ohio State and you go 7-2 and in conference again, for me, you still hit the over. Mm-hmm. So I – a lot of this is going to depend on Drew Alar, right? If Drew Alar is is Penn State's Trevor Lawrence or Penn State's Joe Burrow or, you know, Penn State's Caleb Williams, you know, this is a team that can compete for a national championship and make the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And even if he's not, like, you went you won 11 games last year with Sean Clifford, right? Like, yeah. you have had tremendous success the last handful of years with Sean Clifford. You mentioned the running back room. It's maybe the best in college football. Defensively, they got some studs. I mean, Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter, Kalen King. You know, if you go and look at early 2024 mock drafts, like, you're going to see a lot of Nittany Lions, right? Those three guys, plus, you know, Olufa Shao might be the best offensive lineman in, in the country. So this team is really talented. Like Lucas said, you get your coordinators back. Manny Diaz, I thought, did a tremendous job in his first season. Uh, with the Penn State defense, they were 17th in total defense, 10th in scoring defense. So... I'm with you, Lucas. I'm not as gutsy as you to bet them to, to win the to win the Big Ten, but to me, ten and two uh, is 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 easily attainable for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, um, I'm happy we're both on on the same page with that. That was actually one of my bets I was going to take. I actually did not have that on my sheet, but I am going to add Penn State um, over under nine and a half, as well as yeah. betting them to to win the Big Ten. Um, Let's see here. Um, So I am going back to another ACC win total that I also feel good about. This was one I think I surprised both of us um, when I decided to pick the over-under. And um, that being said, a lot of Virginia Tech fans agreed with me um, when we posted that clip to YouTube (laughs) that (laughs) they were going to be much improved. So I'm actually taking Virginia Tech 
over five and a half wins. I think this is a team that has the potential to go bowling this year. You look at it, like last year, everything was kind of torn down to the studs. They kind of had a depleted roster after Justin Fuente left. And they had a, just a terrible offense. But you look at the schedule from last year, they still had a couple games that were still one possession. They only lost by six to Miami. One point uh, uh, to NC State. One point to Georgia Tech. You know, they win a couple of those games. You're looking at maybe a four or five win season. They even lost a close one at the beginning of the year to Old Dominion. I think this team is improved, whether it is Grant Wells um, or it's uh, it's Chiron Drones, who's going to be there um, playing uh, uh, or starting at quarterback. They get Malachi Thomas, who was really good as a freshman uh, two years ago, but was out last year with an injury. I like some of the transfers they brought in at wide receiver, like a guy like Ali Jennings, who had almost 1,000 yards in the Sun Belt last year. Uh, and I think if they improve, this defense is still going to hold, hold serve. Brett Fry knows how to coach up a good defense ever since he was at he was the D corner at Penn State. You know, this was a not a bad defense last year. They were 54th in scoring defense. I think if they can kind of hold serve in that 50-ish range, maybe even improve, I think the offense will be better. Um, they do return a lot on their offensive line, which should help with a little bit of continuity on that end. Um so that is why I do like them. I think that they do play, what worries me is they do play Purdue and at Rutgers in the non-con. Um, but overall, I think this should be an improved year um, for Virginia Tech. And I like them to go bowling. So that's why I'm going to take the over five and a half with the Hokies. Yeah, I'm not officially going to gonna fight you on this. I had under when we did the ACC preview. I'd still probably lean under. The schedule's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, Old Dominion, I believe, beat them last year. Uh, Marshall is a, one of the better G5 teams. And then two Power 5 teams. Now, I, I, I certainly think, like, you know, you could go 2-2 two and two in the non-conference, or you could go 4-0. I mean, Rutgers mm-hmm. on the road isn't a, a unwinnable game for you. Purdue at home is not unwinnable. Um, you don't. You do not see Clemson or North Carolina on your ACC schedule. Uh, a couple of your road games include Boston College and Virginia, which should be winnable. You get Syracuse at home. So, I am. Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not officially betting the other side. I. I think I'm a little bit less high on Virginia Tech than you are. Hopefully, all of our Virginia fans, our uh, our Virginia Tech fans there in Blacksburg, don't don't get on me for this, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see Virginia Tech get back to being really good. I mean, that's yeah. we talk about programs like we talk about Nebraska all the time. We talk about Texas a little bit. Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer was one of the premier programs in college football, right? You played for a national championship with Michael Vick about two, two decades ago, um, and they've struggled since, right? Three wins last year was their fewest since 1992. One and four in, in one-score games. If you can get that to maybe two and three or, or three and two, now you are cooking. Um, all right, I am going to take another. Uh, I'm going to keep the under train uh, going for me. I'm going to take under five and a half for the Cal Golden Bears. Um, I monitor a little bit like Nebraska. Uh, I'm not as much of a vibes guy as Lucas. Vibes at Cal are not great. It's a team without a league. It's a team that struggled pretty mightily last year. They were four and eight last year. Uh, two and seven in the conference. They were 89th in total offense and 111th in total defense. Jack Plummer is gone. J. Michael Sturdivant is gone. 
Um, and I look at the schedule at North Texas week one. That's not an easy, you know, opener. North Texas does have a new coach, right? Eric Morris comes over from Washington State. But Auburn week two, you know, at Washington and at Oregon State in your first six games, like you're probably three and three, maybe two and four in your first six. And then, oh, by the way, here's how you end the season. At Utah, USC, at Oregon, home Washington State, at Stanford, UCLA. I mean, I just – I don't know if I see six wins here. Yeah. Like, I don't know who your quarterback's going to be. Um, you do bring on – you do bring in you, uh, TCU transfer Sam Jackson. Um, Oregon transfer Byron Caldwell at running back. But, you know, I just look at the losses. I mean, Jack Plummer threw for 3,000 yards last year. J. Michael Sturdivant was your, was your leading receiver. And I like some of the pieces on this offense, right, with Jaden Ott. He's back. You know, Jeremiah Hunter had almost 1,000 yards last year. But I'm just overall pretty down. And the bottom of the Pac-12, as it was last year, I don't think is very strong this year. Um, I do think there's a chance, you know, you have to play at Stanford, which is challenging. You know, Arizona State Week 5, maybe that's a win. But, you know, if you go 2-1 and one in the non-conference, then you got to go 4-5 and five in the league. It's hard for me to find four wins in conference. So give me the under 5.5 for Cal. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I just think uh, Justin Wilcox is kind of in a, a tough spot here, especially with um, obviously the news. You know, we have no idea what Cal's going to be doing after the season with football right um it's you know if they do struggle what does that say to the athletic department and, and how they move forward you know he brought in jake spivet all to to help um kind of get this offensive going but you mentioned you know they're starting quarterback last year jay michael sturdivant you know is going to be playing against you this year with ucla um so no i i don't hate that um i do not hate that pick um at all from you uh, I've got two more, just got so you know. More. I have, I have, a, I have a few more. Um, okay. Let me see Why don't here. You go ahead, and give us one. Yeah, I will go back to the Big Twelve. This one should come as I have like five more. Jesus. Um, maybe I had more than I thought. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with Fire my. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in my, my, my lofty well. Lucas is the Bud Elliott of the pod. Lucas is the Bud Elliott. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna fire up 15 fire picks up. a week. So I like. Uh, I'm going back to the well with the Fighting Lance Leipolds, Um okay. in Kansas. Over six and a half. Um, I got it at plus 128. Um, look, this was a, obviously a team that kind of came out of nowhere. You could argue. Now they have expectations. How do they reach them? The thing is, is I think this offense is going to be really, really good. I think they return just about everybody, if not everybody. Um, for what was one of the best offenses uh, in college football. It was 21st uh, in scoring. You bring back one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12 in Jalen Daniels. Um, even his backup, Jason Bean, who started uh, towards the end of last year, he's back. Your leading rusher in Devin Neal. Uh, Luke Grimm and Lawrence Arnold both had over 600 receiving yards. I think the offense is going to be really, really good. Obviously, the biggest worry is their defense. Their defense was absolute dog shit last year. Um, so <laughs> like their, their run defense allowed almost 300 yards a game, their last seven games of the year when they kind of fell apart, they did bring in some transfers. Look, doesn't have to be great. I think for them to get the seven wins, you look at their non-con first Missouri state is going to be a tough game versus Illinois, but they do they have that game at home at Nevada. 
if they go two and one at worst, that means they got to win five in conference. But they, they, we were talking about it. They do get three out of the four newcomers. They get BYU. They get UCF at home. They get uh, Cincinnati to end the year, and they don't have to play. But they do have to play Texas and Oklahoma, um, yeah. which could be tough. But I think just the the fact that they went from two to six wins last year when nobody expected it. I am not going to doubt Lance Leipold. I think he's a fantastic head coach. So um, just on that, I think the defense improves enough. The offense stays where it is, and that gets them another win or two on the board. So I'm going to go over six and a half wins for the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, for people who are are semi-new listeners, uh, Lucas and I have been very high on Lance Leipold since his days at Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were going through coaching carousels a couple years ago, we're like, why is no Power 5 team hiring this guy? He wins everywhere he goes. He won, like, what, seven Division Three national championships? He won won – he did really good things at Buffalo. He reminds me a little bit of, of Bruce Arians with the Arizona Cardinals. Where Bruce Arians, it took him a while to kind of break through. Um, maybe he wasn't the best interviewer. Maybe he was older, got overlooked a lot. But all he did was win. Mm-hmm. And Lance Leipold, like, all he does is win. Kansas, they have a lot of juice in that program. Good vibes. They're building, I think, either a new facility or a new uh, new stadium new, renovation you know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a new stadium renovation. We won six games last year. I do worry about the schedule. Like Lucas said, uh, you play Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas State. Texas and Oklahoma, um, so decently challenging. But four of your losses last year were when Jalen Daniels was injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of the better teams in the country when Jalen Daniels played. You mentioned the offense; they were twenty-first in scoring offense, thirty-second in total offense. Um, you get your leading rusher back, Devin Neal, who rushed for over a thousand yards. Ninety-eight percent of your pass catching yards are back. This offense should be one of the best in the country. Um, and if Jalen Daniels can stay healthy all season, um, I certainly think it's doable to get to seven and five. I mean, like, why not? So I'm with you. Uh, not going to bet it. I took the over on our, uh, our big 12 preview and, uh, uh, like where your head's at. All right. My last over or under is going to be one that's really near and dear to our heart. Um, it's one that cashed for us last year, cashed for us before the month of September ended. Give me Vanderbilt over three and a half. Um, give me the Commodores over three and a half. Uh, they won five games last year, um, and I just think the schedule. Like I like what Clark Lee's doing, uh, and I think the schedule sets up pretty favorable, mm-hmm. right? Your first four games are Hawaii, Alabama, A and M, Wake Forest, and UNLV. I think three wins is is somewhat realistic for that. If you can beat UNLV on the road, you've spanked Hawaii last year, sixty three to ten. Wake Forest has to break in a new quarterback as Sam Hartford. Uh, Sam Hartman's off to Notre Dame. I think that's a winnable game on the road so you could be 4-0 but you know you won two games in the sec last year you beat kentucky you beat florida you get kentucky at home you get missouri at home um you get auburn at home late in the season like maybe it's at south carolina like i think i think vanderbilt going bowling isn't out of the question i think they found their quarterback in aj swan you have will shepherd back who uh caught almost at the, almost 800 yards last year so Again, this is just a numbers play for me. I think three and one in the non-conference, and then all you got to do is get one win in conference. So give me Vandy over three and a half, baby. I don't hate it. I almost dipped in the well in there this year. I may still do that because, like you said, if they go three and one in the non-con, like they should be able to win one conference game. 
But I, I will say I would be sweating it pretty hard if they're three and three after the Missouri game, um, because then the schedule does get does stiffen up quite a bit. But uh, but no, I like that um, for all the reasons that you had said. I probably will eventually bet that as well. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Staying in the SEC. I'll stay in the SEC East, actually. Um, give me a Florida over five and a half. Um, okay. I just, I bet, I shouldn't be doing this. Two of these teams that I have in the SEC, I freaking bet the over last year, and neither of them cashed. Um, I even got Florida, I think I got Florida last year at seven. And it looked like they were six and four. At worst, they were going to push. And then they lost that game at Vanderbilt and the rest of their season. Yeah. Cut. Then they lost the next week against Florida State. So I'm a little bit nervous. I just, if like it's Florida, you should at minimum be able to make a bowl game. I do like some of the younger players that they have coming in. I think, look, I, as someone who has lived the Grant Mertz experience, um, I, I want him to do really well. I think the new change of senior, I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Burrow or any one of these other quarterbacks that have transferred and just became great. But I think he's decent. He's got a ton of experience. He started over 30-plus games in his career. Um, they've got two really good running backs in Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Um, Ricky Pearsall's back um, there as well. Um, I do worry a little bit about their offensive line. But to me, it's just if Florida can't get to a bowl game, that's I don't think that's great. You're Florida. Even in your down years, you still should be like 7-5. and five. Um so that is why I am going uh, to still take um, the over five and a half for Florida. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one for me. I think I took over on the SEC pod. Um, the schedule you play Florida State and Utah in the non conference, two top five or two top about fifteen teams. Um, you know you have you know week three home Tennessee, uh, week eight you get Georgia in Jacksonville. You're your two SEC West games are Arkansas and LSU back-to-back on November 4th and November 11th. Um, you know, like you said, if, if, if Billy Napier doesn't go 6-6 six and six at least, I think Billy Napier's fired. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is a sense of urgency now with that program. I think with Graham Mertz, that's a, that's a bridge guy, right? They have a, a five-star quarterback committed in next year's class, D.J. Lagway. I, I think you're just looking for an adult in the room that could run the offense you mentioned the running backs. Both of them rushed for over 700 yards last year. Um, and and I think I'm on the same page as you, right? Like, you, you Florida needs to go 6-6 six and six mm-hmm. in year two. You went 6-6 six and six last year. You had a top five pick at quarterback, right? Um, the defense should be improved. Defense is going to have to be improved, right? You were, you were 87th in scoring <laughs> defense. You were 100th against the run. You were 97th in total defense and 98th in sacks. So... Uh, we'll see. I, and I do think the SEC East is – it's an interesting division, right? We talked about it a couple of days ago. Besides Georgia, two through five or six in that division, it could be Florida. It could be Florida at eight or nine wins. It could be Kentucky at eight or nine wins. It could be Tennessee at nine or ten wins. So um, I think some uncertainty in that division. Um, yeah, Florida over. you got to get to six wins. you just got to do it. All right, my last uh, bet of the uh, – my last uh, preseason bet – is going to be USC to win the national championship. Um, I am just going to ride with the Trojans this year. It's plus 1,600 right now on FanDuel, I bet. 
I did like a half unit play. Um, when I look at USC, two things made me kind of play this. Number one, I think they have the best quarterback in the country. And despite what George has done the last two years, quarterback is still important. I think their offense is going to be awesome with Dorian Singer, with like Brendan Rice, with Marshawn Lloyd. I think the offensive line will be improved. And I think they will take a jump on defense um, with some of the transfers they brought in, with the recruiting that they've been doing. I think this might be just star power wise among the most talented rosters in the country. And they play in the Pac 12. And they're not, I don't, I think the Pac 12 will be good this year. I mentioned their schedule a couple minutes ago. You get Washington at home. Um, at Oregon is, is going to be challenging, but get you, you know, you get Utah at home. I think 11 and 1 in the regular season is likely, and I already said I pick them to win the championship game in the Pac 12. So that gets me 12 and 1. That gets them in the playoff. And then it's, you have arguably the best quarterback in the country. You know, whether you're playing Alabama or Georgia or LSU or Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or whoever it is, I think you have a good chance. And um, the other reason is it would be absolutely poetic justice for a Pac 12 team to win a national championship the year that the league dissolves. Yeah. It would be absolutely hilarious. And par for the course for this league to finally win a national championship in the college football playoff era, and I think Oregon was in the championship game the first year, or the first year, yeah, yeah, the first year they lost to Ohio State, um, and then Washington it would be was, poetic, yeah, then Washington was, and in Wa- yeah, 16, Washington yeah. got blown out by I think uh, Alabama, Alabama yeah. when they got in. Um, it would be absolutely poetic justice if USC wins it, and I think I mean Lincoln Riley's been to the playoff before. I think they're going to get back there, and they are my they, they are my pick to win the national championship game. I got them at plus sixteen hundred, so I'll take that. Nice. I like those odds uh, at plus sixteen hundred from them. Like, like you said, it's tough to beat when you have the best quarterback in college football. Uh, no matter what that dumb tweet that we saw yesterday said, that uh, um, apparently who did they have rated over Caleb Williams and Drake May? Oh, JJ. Uh, oh, they had JJ McCarthy. McCarthy yeah. yeah, apparently it was it was not true. Joel Joel Klatt said, "Not mine. Not not my list." They say Joel Klatt's not that stupid. So, um, no, I I I don't I don't hate that pick at all. It it's just with the Pac-12, it might be hard to go unscathed, but I think their schedule sets up. They don't have, yes, they get Notre Dame in the non-conference, but they should be able to beat Notre Dame. Um, but no, I do not hate that pick at all. And like you said, it, I, I'm, I'm honestly rooting for it because it would be poetic justice if <laughs> the last year the Pac-12 is in existence, they actually do finally win a national. They break through all the stereotypes and yep. kill it all only for it to dissolve. <laughs> yep. Um, let me see here. So you're done. All right. I am, so I am out. So I'll, I'll go the, through. This is show. I'm going to go use the bathroom. It's up to you, bud. <laughs> so I am going oh, yeah. to, I wasn't sure when you went up. I was like, oh shit. I guess, uh, I guess I, I, I I'm doing this. I'm doing this alone. Um, no, no, I'll, no. I'll go through these fairly quickly. So I've got Auburn, uh, over six and a half. Um, I think they have a tremendous coaching upgrade with Hugh Freeze taking over for Brian Harson. Um, Whoever they have playing at quarterback, even if it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, I think even we've seen Hugh Freeze in the past be able to get the most, even if he has just an average quarterback. I think that offense 
it's going to take a huge step forward. I liked what they did in the transfer portal. Um, I just think this is going to be an improved team. I think seven and five is kind of the floor for them. And then my last couple, I actually had Iowa State on here over. I'm not doing that anymore because I don't like half their teams out on gambling <laughs> stuff. So that was one I had penciled down on here earlier. I have not bet it yet. Thank goodness. Um, because I'm probably not going to, um, yeah. but, uh, let me see who else do I have here. Okay. I have two more, um, Northwestern under two and a half. Um, I just think they're going to be pretty bad this year. I mean, this, we're talking about a, a team that won one game last year had one of the worst, not only one of the worst offenses, but one of the worst defenses in college football. Um, they only, I think they return a decent amount of starters on the offensive side, but only four on defense. I just think like we, we were talking about vibes, like what is this team even really playing for this year? Besides pride, they're playing for an interim staff who knows what's yeah. going to happen at the end of this season. Um, I just think this is just one of those they're going to throw in. Um, I mean, you even look at their non-conference to me, they got to probably win at least two out of these three games. Uh, to come close, because I don't think they're going to win a game in the Big Ten. But they have UTEP, which UTEP could beat them. This is a team that lost, I believe, to Southern Illinois, an FCS team, last year. And then they have Duke, who Duke should beat them. And then they do have Howard. Howard might be their only. They might go 2-10. and 10, But I feel pretty strongly about Northwestern, under 2.5. And, and then I dipped into the group of five. I have Tulane, under 9.5. Uh, sicko mode sicko. so i have two lane under nine and a half i just think yes they do bring michael pratt but they lose their uh like i think their next three leading rushers their top two wide receivers and their top five tacklers are gone you look at the non-conference they've got um Ole miss even though that game is in new orleans they do get south alabama um who was very good last year um, almost won the sun belt and then even uh, their conference schedule, um, they do have to do uh, uh, they do have to do trips at Memphis and at FAU, who I think are going to be competing. And then they also get UTSA, uh, who could uh, I think is also a favorite to win the American this year. I think everything went right for Tulane. I still think they're going to be a very good football team. It's just to me nine and three is way more likely than ten and two with this schedule. So that that ends it for me. Tulane under nine and a half um, is my last one. All right, this is exciting, man. It's exciting to kind of get these on the board, and because the next thing we'll be betting our games. Lucas mm-hmm. and I will each have a bet for week zero, and then we'll go back to kind of our regular scheduled programming of. Um, you know, three picks a week and and uh, and stuff like that. So, Lucas, let's get to week zero here. Um, as we we turn ahead to actual games, we got uh, seven games in week zero. It starts off at uh, two thirty p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Notre Dame versus Navy. That game is in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, Jacksonville State hosts UTEP. New Mexico State in UMass, seven p.m. Eastern on ESPN. San Diego State hosts Ohio. Vanderbilt hosts Hawaii at 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. San Jose State at USC. That game is an 8 o'clock Eastern kickoff on the Pac-12 Network. And then FIU at Louisiana Tech on CBS Sports Network. Lucas, I think there are three games that kind of catch my eye. And let's start with with Notre Dame and Navy. We didn't talk a lot about the Irish during our, our season previews. Year two for Marcus Freeman. Sam Hartman comes in from Wake Forest. Really 
you know, maybe the highest profile transfer quarterback in this class from 2023. Tommy Reese is gone. Um, they had kind of an embarrassing uh, offensive coordinator search at times. Um, real quick, kind of what are you expecting from the Fighting Irish this year? Oh, it's a really, really good question. Um, I think obviously the major upgrade at running back, I or at, at quarterback with Sam Hartman. I mean, because they kind of shuffled through quarterbacks last year with with Ty Buckner and Drew Pine, neither of which is is with the program anymore. Um, and I, I think Sam Hartman also is kind of playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he, I think if it was. If, it, if he had it his way, he was probably wanting to go pro after being a four-year starter at Wake Forest, but obviously was probably projected to be either a late second day or a third day pick. And this is his chance to play on a much bigger platform um, at Notre Dame with a much uh, with a much better roster, in my opinion, than what he had at Wake Forest. And um, I think he's going to be really, really good here. Um, I'm interested to see who they, who he can throw it to, though, because I think the one thing is Wake Forest had some dudes at wide receiver when he was there, when he looked at, like, A.T. Perry yeah. and Donovan Green, both 1,000-yard uh, receiving guys, guys you could just throw the ball up to, um, and they can make a play. I'm not sure if, uh, if Notre Dame has that. They're really young at the wide receiver position. Uh, and even their starting slot corner, Chris Tyree, the guy was playing running back last year. So, um, though typical Notre Dame, they're going to have multiple NFL guys on their offensive line, including Joe Alt, who is an All-American left tackle last year. I think the defense under Marcus Freeman will continue to be good, um, especially with you know JT uh, Bertrand is back, who led them in tackles last season. They brought in uh, you know Javante uh, uh, John Baptiste from Ohio State which I think uh, helps them plug in. And um, I think their secondary um, is going to be uh, pretty good, they, uh, including uh, you know Benjamin Morris, who played safety for them as a true freshman, had six interceptions last year. So I think the roster is good. I think the schedule fits uh, slightly favorable for them too. But um, yeah, I don't think this is a bad roster. It's just with the expectations that Notre Dame has, I don't know what the true expectations are for them. Is it hey, let's just continue to progress. Let's win nine, ten games like we did last year. Because they started off slow. I mean, they were 3-3 three and three with losses to Stanford um, all, uh, and, and, and Marshall, Marshall. Um, in their first six games. Can they start off better than what they did? Because at the end of the year, they really kind of started to figure some things out. Yeah, this was a team that won six of its final seven games, the only loss coming at the end of the season at USC. Um, but Lucas, you're right. Like they lose to Ohio state week one in a very competitive game in Columbus. Then you lose week two to Marshall. Then you lose in mid October to Stanford. You know, you beat North Carolina, you beat Clemson. Um, I question how much better this offense will be. You were 98th in passing offense last year. And I think the other thing to keep in mind with Notre Dame is it'll be interesting to see how much of a system quarterback was Mm -hmm. Sam Hartman. He played in that Wake Forest slow mesh. Listen, credit to Wake Forest and their offensive staff. They've built that up really well. They win a lot of games with it. It's confusing. And like you said, they had some they have had some really good receivers the last handful of years uh, for Sam Hartman and probably a good receiving group this year as well. Uh, the running backs, you lose Logan Diggs, who transfers to LSU. They're going to have some questions at running back, some questions 
at wide receiver, like Lucas pointed out. Um, and it's it's interesting. I mean, this is going to be kind of a defensive team, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is going to be a team that is – they were uh, 22nd in total defense last year, 23rd in passing defense. You know, Joe Alt, like Lucas said, first-team All-American last year. Uh, Benjamin Morrison, actually from the Phoenix area, had six interceptions. Really good tr- uh, true freshman defensive back for them. Uh, key games for Notre Dame this year. Week three at NC State. Week five they'll host uh, Ohio State at Duke, at Louisville in back-to-back weeks, uh, home USC before bye week. Pittsburgh at Clemson, Wake Forest, and Stanford. I mean, it's listen, it's it's not an easy schedule, right? At Duke, who won nine games last year. At Louisville, their over-under is eight and a half. Home USC. Pittsburgh's been one of the better teams in the ACC the last full of years, or the you know last handful of years, and at Clemson. So we're not going to do an over-under or anything, but I am I am going to be very interested in how Notre Dame looks uh, on um, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gerard Parker is their new offensive coordinator. Um, this Navy team, you know, Notre Dame's like, a, I think, about a 20-and-a-half point favorite, something like that, like 17, something like that. Yeah, they are 20-and-a-half on FanDuel as of right now. Yeah. So, you know, you're expecting to win by three or four scores against Navy, and you get a triple option team week one. You're playing a different country. Um, it will be interesting. Uh, Lucas, the other, I think the other two games that kind of will catch my attention this weekend as we get a little appetizer in week zero, Vanderbilt versus versus Hawaii and USC versus San Jose State. You know, USC, it'll just be a good chance to see their offense again, good chance to see some of their uh, their new additions, their, their fresh faces on defense. I don't expect – uh, that game to be particularly close. I think USC is like a 30, 31, 32-point favorite. Um, and then Vanderbilt, you know, I have Vanderbilt over 3.5, like I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, they beat Hawaii 63-10 to 10 last year. Like, remember, they played Hawaii week zero on the island, yeah. and they stomped them. And that was like, oh, man, Vanderbilt's much improved. Because this was a Vanderbilt team that I think won one or two games in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a statement win for them. So interested to see how they look. In your three under Clark Lee, um, Lucas. For you, any other kind of games or storylines you want to touch on before we we kind of do our uh, our bets of the week? Yeah, I think Vanderbilt was one I was looking at just to see what that team's going to look like this year. I almost was very close to buying tickets to that game in Nashville. They're like going for like ten dollars. Is, is the stadium going to be ready? <laughs> no, no. It, they're going to play on it, but um, two of its end zones, the stands are completely demolished in it. Like it's. Just kind of nuts what they're playing through this year. Should be nice next year, though. But um, I think one game that I think is interesting is Ohio at San Diego State. Uh, Ohio had a really nice bounce back year uh, under Tim Alpin, who took over um, for um, – oh, what's his name? Uh, it's missing me. Um, he was Nebraska's form uh, – Solich. Frank yeah, Frank Solich. He was a really good coach at Ohio. They struggled in Tim Alpin's first year. Um, only going three and nine last year, completely turned around their schedule. Nine and three in the regular season, made it to the MAC championship. And with San Diego State, San Diego State had somewhat of a down season last year. Um, the offense still was not great, which has been kind of typical with them. But even the defense kind of shut down. But I think that's kind of a nice mid uh, kind of group of five mid tier type of game right now. The spread I think is only two and a half um, for um, San Diego State. Um, and obviously with San Diego State, I, I think those teams, you know, we were talking about them maybe going to the Pac-12 and all this stuff. Now what do these programs um, kind of do that kind of thought that that was going to happen? 
Um, but checking out that game probably for sure. And um, obviously Massachusetts, or UMass and uh, New Mexico State. Um, I, our, our, our buddy... Sicko's game of the week hey, right there. Sicko's uh, game of the week. Our buddy Dakota, who is, who is a big Minnesota fan, is probably going to hate me for saying this, but Jerry Kale can coach, man. I mean, New Mexico State was crap. He got them to a bowl game. Not only did they get there, but they also won their bowl game uh, last season. I'm interested to see what they do under year two. And, you know, with UMass, Don Brown is there for a second year. They only won one game last season. Do they take any step for, uh, further? I was actually reading Phil Steele's preview on them. Um, he did write up that he, he thinks, like, some of his projections is they could potentially do what UConn did last year and just kind of come out of nowhere maybe get to a bowl game or something like that if they if they hit on certain positions. So, obviously, like we said, it's kind of just a crazy slate. On week zero, I'm probably going to watch yeah. all the games. I'll probably watch all these games besides USC and San Jose State, largely because I don't have Pac-12 network. Um, but um, just really, really excited for the slate. I'll probably bet on half of these games just so I have some entertainment yeah. value watching them. But just going to be happy that football's back altogether. It's going to be great. We, we said this, I think, at the end of our last pod. Week zero is it's almost the perfect, most random assortment of games. My guess is eventually they make week zero, like, bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you have several power five, like, whatever. But it's it's such a fun mismatch of games. I mean, it's like the the prime game on ESPN is UMass at New Mexico State. Like, that is, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, real quick, I'll give, a, I'll give a bet that I have for this weekend, and, and then you can get one. I'm going to take... The Vanderbilt Commodores and lay the points. I'm taking minus 17 and a half against Hawaii. They beat him by 50 last year. I, I don't. I'm not going to say they beat. They win by 50 again, but I think winning at home. Um, I think Clark League wants to make a statement that this is a team that can compete for bowl eligibility. That they're continuing to take steps forward. Um, so give me Vanderbilt. I'm laying 17 and a half on FanDuel right now. Uh, I like the Commodores to win pretty comfortably uh, this weekend. I like that. I might take that one with you. And I am betting my one bet this week. You're talking about that primetime game on ESPN this week. I'm going to take the Aggies minus seven against UMass. Um, The Aggies do return 10 starters on offense, um, including their their starting quarterback, their top five rushers, a handful of their, their top receivers. Um, I think they make a big improvement under Jerry Kill's first year, and I think they get UMass at a time where they're still kind of building a little bit. So give me New Mexico State at home minus seven. Oh, it's going to be fun. It felt good to say that again. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, we will record next week, and we'll be previewing a loaded week one. A lot of really good week one games. I love how they do week one. It's four days of football. Mm-hmm. You have your, your – actually, it's five. You yeah. have your Thursday games, a couple games on Friday, full slate on Saturday. You have your, your big game on Sunday, which this year is going to be LSU-Florida State, and then Labor Day night, uh, Clemson and Duke. Even if that's a really uh, good game, actually. Like, that's going to be a fun one there in Durham. So, um, all right, uh, for Lucas Rohde, I'm Ryan Baff-Lucas. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>